All right, welcome back to the Fit-ish Project with your host, Lathan Bass, where the whole goal of this podcast is to make health and fitness practical for the average person like you and me. So getting right into this podcast for this week, uh, just give you a little bit of background info of why I chose this. So if you're somebody who is interested in health and fitness, you know, somebody who has goals around maybe changing your appearance or changing how you feel, um, you've probably, you know, dove into fitness and health, whether it be on social media or books or YouTube videos or whatever. And you've probably realized that there is a lot of information out there. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of different, you know, theories and studies and stuff. And it can be super overwhelming, especially because, you know, you just pull open your phone and there's so many just conflicting views. There's so many people telling you to do this, to do that. And a lot of times those things don't necessarily match up. So it can be really hard to figure out what's actually true and what you should be focusing on, which is, again, a reason that I think a lot of people struggle when it comes to health and fitness is because they are confused. They don't necessarily know what to do. And they don't know how to navigate through all the different information out there to get started and get on the right path of doing the right things. So I think that personally, there's a couple ways that you can figure this stuff out. And I think one of the most probably prevalent ways that people do this is by you know, getting experience. So trying different things, trying different methods, modalities, things like that. And because fitness is such a broad area, there are so many different kinds of methods and strategies that you can use. So one way that you can kind of figure out some of this stuff and whether it's useful or not is to actually give it a try and, you know, experience it. Because oftentimes when you actually give something a try, it's going to be a lot different than just hearing about it or reading about it, um, you know, researching about it. It's going to be a different experience for you if you actually go through something, right? Because you can only read about doing push-ups so much before you actually have to do the push-ups to get the result. But on the other side of it, there's also some, you know, some cons to trying different things, especially in the, the health and fitness world, because one, you know, if you try something, it's going to take time, it's going to take effort, and you don't want to be trying all these things that don't work for you or that seem like a waste of time because nobody wants to really be wasting their time, right? We're all busy. We all have things to do. We want to prioritize the things that are actually going to help us versus things that aren't really going to help us. And on top of that, too, like there's a lot of misinformation or bad information out there, too, that, you know, frankly, there's some methods that can be dangerous and can leave you in a worse spot than when you first started. So there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both of those things. So you do have to be careful when it comes to trying to get certain experiences and make sure that, you know, they are safe and they are worth your time. But the other thing that you can also do to, to try to figure out, you know, what's actually useful versus what's not useful. And this is something that I do a lot is talk to people who have experience in the thing that you want to do. You know, there's this is the whole reason that coaches and mentors exist. You know, if you look at like any high level business people, they almost always have mentors of people who are either further ahead of them, have done what they want to do, or just, you know, are kind of further along in their journey than the person that they're mentoring. And that's because they have a lot of wisdom. You know, they've made a lot of mistakes. They've done a lot of things that worked and they've probably done even more things that didn't work. So having somebody who can help you through that and maybe save you some time and save you some of the, the you know, heartache and all the struggles 
can be super helpful from, you know, that perspective. Same thing is, you know, why even the most top level athletes, Olympians or pro athletes, you know, they, they all have coaches, right? Because they, they don't know it all. They want to have somebody who has experience in the area that, you know, they want to excel in. And so you do that by talking to somebody who maybe knows a little bit more than you, has a little bit more experience than you, has maybe done what you want to do. And I think this can be super helpful when it comes to health and fitness as well. Because if I am somebody who wants to build muscle, well, I'm probably not going to go talk to, you know, Joe Schmo off the street who doesn't really have a ton of experience with lifting weights or, you know, building muscle. He doesn't really look like he lifts weights or is, you know, works out. And he also doesn't work with other people around the topic or the area of building weights. That's probably not the person that I'm going to talk to, right? I want to talk to somebody who's been in the gym for a while, personally, you know, on their own journey, I want to talk to somebody who actually has experience with working with other people. And I want to talk to somebody who's actually knowledgeable about the area that they are, you know, have this experience and expertise in, you know, those are the two main ways that you can go about really figuring out, you know, some of these things that can be so confusing when it comes to health and fitness. And that is a huge reason why I try to share so many of my personal experiences with like fitness and health and fat loss, building muscle, coming back from injuries, all that kind of stuff. Because I think that hearing from somebody who's been through these things can really connect with a lot of people and help to give them a lot of helpful insight as to the things that they should be focusing on, uh, maybe give them a little insight into what it's actually like going through those things. And give them a little confidence that, you know, they're doing the right things and moving in the right direction based on, you know, some things that other people have done. So, you know, me personally, in the last eight years since I've really dove into health and fitness, I've had a lot of different diverse experiences. You know, obviously, I've talked about losing the 100 pounds. That was a, that was a big thing. Um, that's a thing that a lot of people struggle with is weight loss, fat loss. So I try to share those experiences as much as I can. I've been through a major knee surgery where tore my ACL, PCL, MCL, and my meniscus all in one knee um, and had to come back from that major knee surgery, which took me over a year to do. You know, I was a collegiate athlete and played sports all throughout high school, middle school, which, you know, there's a lot of people who can relate to that. I've coached hundreds of athletes at this point on different levels, all the way from middle school, you know, I was a high school football coach and strength and conditioning coach. So I worked with high school kids all the time. And I've also done uh, multiple internships at the division one level with different football teams, basketball teams. So I've worked with college level athletes as well. You know, being a personal trainer and working with middle school age kids all the way up to, um, you know, senior citizens, people who are 75 years old, um, or even older help people with just different kinds of goals, whether it was losing weight, building muscle, losing fat, you know, just feeling better about themselves, building sustainable habits. So I've had a lot of diverse experiences, which just helps me to connect with more people and really understand, you know, what it is they're looking for and where they're coming from. And on top of that, too, I'm just very passionate about health and fitness, which I fully understand is not everybody out there. You know, not everybody thinks about health and fitness every single day. Not everybody wants to learn all the different things that go into health and fitness. Not everyone wants to prioritize their entire day around trying new things. So I'm, I'm very aware of that. And that's why I try to break it down and put it in the simplest form to make it 
easier to comprehend, to make it easier to understand, and to make it more applicable to you so that you won't have to go through all that stuff. Because again, I understand that that's not everybody's passion. That's not every. That's not how everybody wants to spend their time. So with all that being said, with this podcast, what I wanted to do is talk about um, 10 things that I've changed my mind on when it comes to fitness, because like I said, there is so much conflicting information and I feel like there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, so my hope with this podcast was to give you some you know, insight around what actually is important and then maybe some things that aren't as important as you might think, because I think a lot of these are very common things and things that people still think are true, but they're not necessarily all true and you could be better off you know, spending your time elsewhere. So getting into this one. So number one is this idea that more is better, uh, specifically like when it comes to health and fitness, you know, like working out, thinking that six, seven days a week is necessary and needed or thinking that I need to be 100% on point when it comes to my nutrition. I can never have another dessert. I can never have sugar. I can never have alcohol. Like thinking that this whole concept of like, if you know, if this is good, like if three or four workouts a week is good, then obviously six or seven workouts is going to be good, right? Or if like being on top of my nutrition, you know, 80, 85% of the time, if that's good, then being 100% is going to be way better. And while that could be true in some aspects, like you probably would see faster progress. The issue with this that most people run into is that with these like big kind of all or nothing approaches or like these huge changes is that they leads them to being burnt out, whether that's physically or mentally, um, it leads to not being able to actually sustain these results, which really sucks because you spend all this time, all this effort, you know, trying to get better and improve yourself. And then you get to a point where like, you just can't sustain it. And then you watch all these results kind of fade away, which nobody wants to do that. This more is better mentality can also lead to, you know, injuries and more aches and pains. Because obviously, you know, your body needs to recover, you need to be doing things that aren't outside of what it can actually handle. And that is a common thing as well as people try to do too much too soon. And it can lead to you know, physical injuries and different things like that, which obviously also isn't very conducive to making progress and sustaining your healthy habits. Um, and then a lot of times, like I said, too, it just leads to people just falling off or just quitting in general, because they get to this level where they're, you know, they're working out crazy hours all the time, like they're super strict with their nutrition. And then all of a sudden, they just like kind of hit a wall where they're like, there's no way that I can keep this up. There's no way I can sustain this. So I'm just going to quit and just completely go off the hinges, which obviously, as you know, doesn't lead to good results either. Um, and I was guilty of this too, like when I first got into it. And I think a lot of people are when they're really trying to make a big change is they think I'm super motivated. I'm going to go like really hard into this thing and I'm going to get the best results. And as I see these results, I'm just going to be super motivated and continue to be motivated. But that's not how it works. That's not really how life works. Motivation kind of comes in waves and you're not always going to be motivated. So you want to pick something you know, that you can sustain even when you're not super motivated. Um, like I said, for me, when I first started out, I was working out like six, seven days a week. I was trying to be really strict with my diet. And in the end, it ended up backfiring where I ended up you know, falling off a little bit and gaining 30 to 40 pounds back after losing a substantial amount of weight, because I was just going too hard. And I wasn't doing things in a necessarily sustainable way. 
And that's something that's extremely common when it comes to fitness goals and especially like fitness transformations. People just go too hard. They fall off. They, it backfires and then they end up either, you know, back to square one where they were, or sometimes they end up in an even worse spot. So instead of doing that, you know, I always try to encourage people to take a little bit more of a sustainable approach. Like what are some of the habits or what are some of the practices that I can do for the next three, six, 12 months and be super consistent at it? Because that's ultimately how real long-term change is built. You know, you spend time building these better habits building a better mindset, building a better environment in order for you to thrive and do well within health and fitness. And that's what actually leads to, again, that long-term change. It's not necessarily going super hard for 30 days or doing this six-week challenge that is going to lead you to you know these fast results. Like You probably will see some changes, but if you can't sustain those changes, then again, like, is it really worth it? Like, Are you taking the right approach? And again, that's not to say that like I'm against, you know, a 30 day challenge or like an eight week challenge, like there is some value in those things. But I think having the right mindset going into those things and really understanding how to go about doing those is really important. You don't want to just think I'm going to do this for 30 days. And then after 30 days, when I get my sweet results, like I'm just going to go back to whatever it was I was doing. Well, like we know that's not going to work. So again, just being more practical in your approach, thinking about sustainability and understanding that more is not necessarily better. So that is number one. Uh, number two is cardio is overrated. Uh, so full transparency, I used to absolutely hate doing cardio as somebody who was pretty much overweight a good you know, 20 plus years of my life doing cardio, running anything where it was like super high intensity was not really my thing. You know, I played sports all my life and I could manage doing the cardio when it came to sports and stuff. But if it was just like traditional cardio or like any type of running, like after practice or, you know, conditioning and stuff like that, I absolutely hated it. And I definitely didn't think that it was something that, you know, was all that important. I tried to avoid it as much as possible. And even as I got older and got more into fitness, like when I was losing weight and weight training and things like that. I would do some cardio here or there, but it was something that I never really enjoyed. And it was honestly something that I never really took all that serious up until recently when I trained for a marathon over this last year and built the habit of running and really started digging in, you know, to the value of it for, you know, our health and how it can help with longevity, how it can help with building a stronger heart, you know, better lungs, how it could help with honestly the mental side of things too, of just like the clarity of, you know, doing some cardio, getting out there. There's just a lot of health benefits that comes from cardio and, you know, kind of dispelling some of the myths around cardio as well. Like I was always afraid to do cardio because I thought it was going to kill my gains in the weight room. I thought it was going to make it so that, you know, I would not be able to gain muscle or I would lose all my muscle. Um, but I found in through personal experience and through just, you know, reading through the science and things like that, that that's not the case. That's not how it works. And honestly, when you start to get into cardio, you'll see a lot of those health benefits that can help with like things like building muscle, you know, better recovery, you're more fit so you can do more in the weight room. Um, your mental clarity is better and you're a little bit more motivated when you're on that consistent routine, feeling good, mood is good. And all those things can help you when it comes to your fitness goals. So Again, it's not that, you know, now I'm in love with cardio, but I really see the value of it. Um, 
And again, that's not to say that like you have to be somebody who goes out and runs like five miles a day or be like this, you know, ultra marathoner or like long distance endurance type of person. But a little bit of cardio can go a long way, like even just like some brisk walking, you know, some biking, those type of activities where you can just get your heart rate up a little bit can have a lot of really good benefits when it comes to the mental side of things, but also, you know, the the physical side of things as well. So cardio on the side of fat loss is also something that people think about quite a bit. And, you know, I'll say that you don't necessarily need cardio for fat loss. But again, I'm not necessarily talking about cardio from just a fat loss perspective. Yes, it can help with fat loss. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but you don't necessarily need it for fat loss. But when it comes to just being an overall, you know, more healthy individual, cardio can for sure be helpful. And I think finding a form of cardio that you actually enjoy is probably the most important thing. You know, start with walking. If you don't really love any types of cardio, biking, running, anything like that, just start with some walking, you know, walk a little bit more brisk, keep that heart rate up and you'll start to see some benefits from that. But I would also urge you to like, if you get to a point where like you really do want to try some running or some biking or something like that, like give it, give it a good, you know, 30 days, give it a good couple months to really try to get into it and try to notice all the benefits that you're getting. Because I know personally, like if I didn't sign up for this marathon and like force myself to train for that six months or, um, you know, five months, I guess it was to get to a point where I could complete this marathon. I know that I probably wouldn't have gotten into running for a really long time, but since I had that outside goal and, you know, I had to do all this training run three, four times a week for however many weeks in a row, I was able to give it more of a chance and start to see some of the benefits versus like just going out running for, you know, two weeks and being like, uh, this is not really my thing. This kind of sucks. Like I'm not enjoying this at all. So give it a little bit of time, um, you know, be consistent at it for a little bit. And then if you decide after a while that you really don't like it, then you can try something else. Um, but I would say, you know, cardio is something that you want to try to get into your routine if you can. And uh, it is my opinion that cardio is no longer overrated. So uh, that is number two. Uh, number three is just this idea of healthy versus unhealthy foods. When you think about food, what I would ask you is like, do you think about food as good versus bad? Do you think about food as like healthy versus unhealthy? And the reason I ask that is because a lot of people, when you talk to them, they will talk about foods in this sort of like good versus bad mentality. So like, for example, people would say, you know, fruit, vegetables. Well, most people, I guess there's a lot of opinions out there about different types of foods, but most average people would say, you know, a good food would be like an apple or like a vegetable or, you know, chicken or something like that. And they would say a bad food would be like, you know, a dessert or pizza or something like that. People have this idea of like good versus bad food. And the issue that I feel like a lot of people struggle with when they start labeling these foods like this is that it puts kind of a weird dynamic around the food so that like if you eat one of these quote unquote bad foods, you feel guilty about it. And that can lead to a whole host of problems where like, you know, you have guilt around eating certain foods. Um, you're not feeling comfortable about, you know, the types of things that you're eating and your body and things like that. And it just creates this like weird relationship around food. So like for me, I used to do that same thing. Like I used to think that 
if you ate pizza or if you had, you know, a dessert or if I had wings or like if I had some drinks that like it was bad and that, you know, it wasn't going to be something that was going to help me with my goals and like I was going to lose all my progress and kind of feel bad about eating those things. But now, like I understand that you can have pretty much all foods in moderation. It's not necessarily the food that is like bad. It's the dose that makes the poison, right? So it's not that, you know, certain foods are bad. So it's not like sugar is evil, you know, but probably drinking an entire two liter in one sitting, you know, that's probably not the smartest thing because the dose is obviously, like I said, what makes the poison. It's not like fat is bad, but eating butter by the spoonful is probably not the best idea for your overall health, right? That's probably not going to be super healthy. It's not that carbs, you know, are bad, but living off potato chips entirely is probably not the best thing for your long-term health. So instead, the way that I look at these things versus like good versus bad, I look at them kind of on a spectrum. So there's foods that, you know, I eat pretty much all the time or that I focus on a lot. And these are what most people would consider like their healthy foods, you know, like proteins and fruits, vegetables and grains and potatoes, oats, like all those type of things that are like in their you know, their main whole unprocessed forms have a lot of nutrients, those type of things. Like those are the foods that I try to focus on a lot. But I also, you know, have this other category of like sometimes foods where I'll eat those sometimes, you know, things like chips or pizza, alcohol, like some desserts, those type of things I consider like sometimes foods where I'll eat those sometimes, but I obviously don't want to be eating those all the time if I care about my fitness, if I care about my health, because they're not going to be you know, conducive long term if I'm eating huge quantities of these things. But when you start to think about it that way, it gives you a little bit more freedom and flexibility. Because now you can go out to eat, you know, and have a dessert or have a nice meal that maybe isn't something that you would have before thought of as super healthy, but you know that that's part of, you know, an overall healthy diet, you can go to, you know, a birthday party of a family member and have a piece of cake and not feel guilty about it. You can have some desserts on occasion. You can go out with your friends and have a couple beers and not have to worry about, you know, ruining all your progress or feeling super crappy because you're eating these things. Because it's not that you can't have these things. It's just that you probably don't want to be having these things in crazy large quantities all the time because you know that that's not going to lead to your best results and to feeling better, looking better, all those things. So making that adjustment has helped me a ton. Uh, especially when it comes to like keeping the 100 pounds off, because now I live in a way that's way more stress free, like I don't worry about every single little food choice, which I think a lot of people do. And I think that's why a lot of people really struggle with, you know, dieting and with sustaining weight losses, because they have this idea that like, they can never have these foods. And when they do, they're like, Oh, screw it. Like I already had these foods. I can't stick to, you know, being healthy. So I might as well just eat whatever I want and never try to go on a diet again, or try to live a healthy lifestyle when it's not really, that's not really how it is, right? There's a little give and take, you know, obviously, like I said, you want to focus on those higher quality, you know, more nutrient dense type foods, but you can also dabble in those other things and have those be a part of your life and be completely healthy, look fit, feel good, and just live an overall better life. So that is number three, uh, getting into number four, this is going to be that walking being underrated. So I used to think that walking, you know, was just walking, like it wasn't real exercise. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of benefit from walking. But the more and more that I've gotten into fitness, and the more and more uh, people that I listen to who are smarter than me in this subject of fitness and health, 
the more I hear about the benefits of walking. Put it simply, you know, it's one of the best things that you can do um, simply because it's free. Like you don't have to pay to do it. It's pretty accessible to most people. I know not everybody lives in a place where it's super friendly to walk, but like you can even walk around your house if you need to, you know, walk around stairs and things like that if you have access to those. Um, but for most people, it's very, very accessible. Um, you can naturally fit it into your everyday life, where I think is an issue that a lot of people struggle with is because like they have to find the time to go to the gym, work out, do those type of things where it's a little bit more difficult to fit those things in versus like walking where like you can literally just naturally fit that into your everyday schedule pretty easily. You know, you can go for 10 minute walks here or there, get up and walk around your office or walk around at your job. Um, you can do it with your family. You can do it with your friends, your partner. Um, so it's very, very low barrier to entry. There's not really a learning curve when it comes to walking like there are with some other forms of exercise. So it's just a really great activity for all those reasons. It's simple. It's pretty easy. And it's something that almost everybody has access to. And then, like as I was saying, you know, the more people that I listen to, the more that I really understand the importance of walking and just being active. Uh, there's tons of studies out now about, you know, people who walk more just tend to live longer lives on average and have less issues when it comes to health, like later in their lives, just by simply the act of just walking more and not just like living a longer life, but like the quality of their life is better too, because staying active allows you to feel better. You know, you're getting up, you're moving. It's good for your mental clarity, your mental health. It's good for your circulation, but it's also good for your physical health too. Like staying up and, you know, moving around is a good thing because as the old saying goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, you see those people who, as they get older, they don't really move a whole lot. And then um, they find themselves in a spot where like they can't walk or they can't stand up off the couch or they can't go to the bathroom by themselves because they're not really moving a whole lot. They're not really challenging their body, challenging their muscles, keeping their joints and ligaments and tendons all in working order that we want to. So again, something as simple as walking can be a huge beneficial thing just as far as all those little aspects go it can help with like looking better people who are more active typically have lower body weights which that can also help with some of the physical health but as far as like how, how you want to look it can also be helpful and then like i said kind of the mental side of things you know just functioning on a higher level walking and movement is something that our body expects us to do and you know our brain and our body in general just work on a higher level when we are giving our body that movement we need like if you've ever been on an important phone call or like really needed to like focus in a lot of times you'll notice that your body will just like naturally start moving or maybe you'll get up and walk around when you're on the phone or if you're trying to solve a problem you'll like kind of move around a little bit and that's there's a reason for that right our body does better when it's supposed to be moving so again it's something that i think is underrated and something that i continue to try to advocate for because it can have so many different benefits and it's something that has a low barrier to entry, as I said earlier. And so I always try to shoot for in between like eight to 12,000 steps personally, but like it's not even, you know, trying to hit these higher numbers or these goals. But like if you're, it's more so just about just being more active and getting more movement. So like if you're somebody who's only getting in two, 3,000 steps right now, maybe you have a pretty sedentary lifestyle, sedentary job, like work on getting 5,000 and just work your way up. You know, there's, like I said, there's tons of different ways you can fit this into your life and make it easier to do 
Um, but focusing on walking is something that for sure can give you quite a few health benefits and something worth thinking about. Uh, number five, I think we are on, and that is that free weights are the best form of exercise. So I think to first off say that free weights do have tons and tons of benefits, but uh, when it comes down to it, it is just one single tool. Um, and I think, you know, I was very biased towards free weights because I was an athlete my whole life and that's all we really used. We didn't use a whole lot of machines or things like that. We were really big into the free weights. Um, so that was kind of my natural bias towards those things. And I know even like going up through college and getting out of college and then getting into weight training, like I rarely ever used any type of machine and probably thought less of them. You know, I didn't think they were quite as beneficial as like machines or different tools um, that you can use. But the fact of the matter is, like I said, it is just one tool. Like are free weights great? Absolutely. Like there's tons of things you can do with those. But there's also tons of other things that have tons of great benefits too. Um, you know, there's so many different styles of training out there. There's, you know, cardio, different endurance type of stuff with running and biking, swimming. Um, there's different styles of, you know, strength training with like HIIT training, CrossFit, circuit training, your traditional strength training, kettlebell training. Like there's just endless amounts of possibilities out there. And all these things have their own benefits. And I guess the reason that I've kind of changed my view on this too is the fact that not everybody is going to love using free weights and not everybody is even going to be strength training, even though there is tremendous value in it. And I think that everybody should do it. The fact of the matter is that not everybody is going to do that. And I'd rather have somebody doing one of these other forms of exercise and being active and, you know, being healthy and engaging in these important fitness activities versus just not doing anything at all. So I think finding an option that you really, really enjoy is probably the most important thing because if you actually enjoy it, like if you are you know, really into it and it's something that you look forward to, you're much more likely to actually do it. And as you know, and as I know, consistency is one of the biggest problems that a lot of us struggle with. But it's also one of the most important factors when it comes to actually getting all the health benefits and seeing you know, the progression that we want to see when it comes to fitness. So uh, free weights are great, strength training, great. Uh, but there's also a lot of other really good tools out there that you can use other fitness methods and things. So find the one that you love and go with that. And then as you start to build up in a routine, if you want to try different things, maybe add in some strength training, then by all means, I would fully encourage that. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is just being active and finding it a way to do that in a way that you actually enjoy so that you can be consistent with it. So that was number five right there. And looking at my clock here, I'm already past the 30 minute mark. So um, I typically like to keep these podcasts in between somewhere to like 20 to 40 minutes is kind of the sweet spot. Um, and since I still have five left, I think what I'm going to do is make this into a two part uh, series. So we will end it here. I'll cut this one off. But that is the first five, and the next week when we come back, we'll give you the next five. Like I said, hopefully the whole idea of this one and you know the insight that you're getting out of this podcast can help you to maybe save you a little time, uh, help you with not making some of the same mistakes that I made, and give you just a little bit more direction on some of the things that you should be focusing on in order to give you a better fitness experience and help you make better progress. And secondly, too, just... Right along with that is just understanding that it's okay to change your mind as you learn new things, as you grow, as you change, you know, as things 
continue to move forward. Like there's going to be times where you change your mind and that's completely fine. I think that's honestly something that you should be doing. Like you shouldn't just go in and have these super rigid, you know, views on health and fitness. Like it's, it's very okay to change your mind as new information comes out, as we learn more, as the science teaches us more, like it's okay to shift your focus to different things and, you know, go from there. So as I said, we will get back into part two of this one next week. And then lastly, I just wanted to throw out as well, if you're somebody who is looking for, you know, to make some of these fitness changes, maybe you're somebody who's a little bit confused on, you know, what direction to go to, but you really want to make a, you know, a fitness transformation, whether that be physical, uh, maybe it's a little bit mental, um, or maybe it's both, which is typically most people, uh, but you're just looking for some type of change and you want to use fitness as the route to do it. I am taking on a couple people for one-on-one -on -one fitness coaching, and I will leave the link in the show notes if you're interested in that. But that is all I have for now. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. If this was you know helpful, you can always share it with somebody, leave a review. Always really appreciate that. But uh, that is all I have for this episode, and we will be back with part two next week.